This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Instant Zone, peak performance every day. My pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Edmund Otis. How are hey. you going, Edmund? I'm doing super, Ken. How are you? Good. How are you coping with this COVID? Yeah, not too bad. I, uh, there's a thing called downward comparison theory, where we always feel better if those around us are suffering more. <laughs> I, I have a lot of good friends in Auckland who are miserable. Yes. So uh, compared to that, you know, it would be... It'd be um, Stupid to complain a lot, but I, I think we're okay. Yeah, we're okay. absolutely. That's good to hear. And uh, which is a great segue into what we're going to talk about today, yep. which is that um, we're talking about the benefits of exercise. Yeah. And what I thought we were doing, it occurred to me since we've been doing the show, you know, we're always talking about peak performance. How do you yeah. perform under stress? Or what do you do? How do you find out what you want to do? And it occurred to me that we've never actually discussed, I guess you could call it infrastructure. Yeah. Right. So, it isn't so much exercise, but, you know, reinforcing the fact that as much physical health as you can manage to maintain, as much conditioning, affects each and every aspect of your life. There's absolutely no question about that. And it doesn't only mean, you know, we're going to run a marathon. Yeah. Within your capability, uh, people who are in better physical condition feel better than people that don't, obviously. Sure. Um, when I used to do a lot of clinical work, I don't do too much now, uh, if I was working with someone who had depression, the deal is I'm delighted to work with you and we'll talk about it, but fundamentally you have to promise you're going to exercise three times a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I thought we'd talk about, but I think of it, seriously, I just think of it as infrastructure. How can you do anything unless you have the tools or the means to help you do that? Exactly. I did a bit of research before you Uh-oh. came. Of course you did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, I'm going to say, uh, in fact, you hit the nail on the head that you know you said to your people who are clinically depressed that uh, you, you have to promise uh, to do something to help yourself. And wow, how easy does that sound? Once again, <laughs> again, I, I, we, we want to try not to confuse uh, simple with easy. It's tough sometimes. It is tough. It's and tough uh, sometimes. Yeah, I sort of compare it to dieting that, uh, you know, dieting, we can all look in the mirror. Yep. And we can all say, you know, I mean, for instance, the, the one stage, like, oh, I was 25, 30 kgs heavier than what I am right now. And I could see a fat guy looking back at me. Yeah. And I, I wasn't uh, ashamed to say, that's a fat guy looking back at me. <laughs> so I'm going to do something about that. So I did do something about it. You but, know what's really funny about that? Let me just say Turns out when women and men look at themselves in the mirror differently, okay, and they've, they've done all kinds of studies about this. When women stand, you know, they're in the bedroom by themselves, standing, they look in the mirror, they're brushing their teeth naked themselves. Women are always more critical of them, how they look, than they actually do. Men are always more positive. Yeah. <laughs> naked men stand there and go, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I still look 25. <laughs> But the, I suppose the thing about anything like that, dieting or exercising, first of all, it's that first step. Yes. You know, okay. And I mean, how hard or easy could that be? Well, it depends. Um, one of the things I'm really interested in is what you want to accomplish through the exercise. I mean, obviously, we want to be healthy. But if we're talking, for example, about performing under stress, uh, performing under pressure, dealing with stressful situations, whether that's, you know, you're competing in the Olympics or, you know, you're just trying to change jobs. We don't like what you're doing. Uh, it turns out that one of the things that holds us back, we've spoken about this a lot, is thinking too much about what's going to happen and worrying. Yeah. That, that's anxiety. Okay. Or else being upset and frustrated or angry about what did happen. 
Okay, and that's a variation of depression in that sense. You keep ruminating. And it turns out you can't actually do anything until you figure out how to be in the moment. Now, we've talked about mm-hmm. that. Okay. One of the things exercise does, and I'll use a term called target heart rate. One of the things exercise does is it forces you to be focused on what you're doing right now, and it gives you a little holiday. And the way that works, target heart rate, is you just need to exercise enough to get your heart beating at a certain amount. Uh, everybody online, you can look up target heart rate. There's a formula to it. Okay, but you, you put your age in, it'll tell you what your target heart rate yeah. is. And what you want to do is keep your pulse rate between these two points for about 15, 20 minutes. What they say is, you know, five times a week, 30 minutes a day. But, you know, to be honest, if you do it once a week, yeah, you're better off. Absolutely. And the main reason this is useful, it's useful for your body, useful for your lungs, useful for the whole thing. But nothing centers your attention as much as gasping for air. Yeah. You're out of breath. You take a big breath. You feel better. You're focused. That's really useful. And again, to hit target heart rate um, is different. Like, if, like you, if you're in peak physical condition. Okay, you know, you must be one of the f- three or four fittest people in Australasia. I recognize that. You have, <laughs> you have to work hard to hit target heart rate. Yes, indeed. But if you're in terrible shape, if you haven't exercised in 20 years, just getting up and walking down to the corner and back may make you breathe hard. Sure. That's still good for you. Yeah, absolutely right. And, um, but, like I say, right. how do you stay on that, uh, that track? Because it's, it is a bit like dieting that, you know, everyone goes into a diet with good intentions. Yep. And you cut out the donuts, you cut out the pies and the chips and the fish and the burgers, and you're eating like a sparrow. Yep. And then one day you think, oh, bugger this. And you, and you fall off the wagon. And normally you fall off the wagon probably relatively quickly. Relatively. So how do you keep on the wagon? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of theories about that. First of all, uh, one of the things we tend to do, all of us tend to do, is we set a goal like that. We often set the goal a bit higher than what's reasonable. I'm going to be in peak physical condition. You know, I'm 20 kilos overweight. I'm going to lose 19 kilos by next week. When actually, maybe I can lose three kilos at some point. Um, So we set the goals a bit high. And then part of it is we don't really fit it into our schedule. And then when we do fall off the wagon, it almost gives us permission to stay off. I'm terrible. I'm bad. So, I mean, you know, simple again, simple but not easy. Give yourself a manageable goal. We've all heard about this. Set a small goal, fit it into your schedule so it isn't too taxing. It isn't too taxing. And all kinds of things, right? I mean, they talk about, you know, if you want to get some extra exercise, park four blocks away from where you work. Yeah. That takes you an extra five minutes. You end up walking eight blocks a day. Yeah. And maybe you go out for lunch, you walk there. I mean, silly stuff, silly stuff. Uh, you know, park at the far end of the parking lot. And I'm just talking about people who are, you know, relatively poor condition. But the other thing you find out is once you get in shape, you tend to enjoy it. Yeah. Is it in your genes? Some is. You yeah. know, I mean, some, some people have, well, I mean, it's two things. Uh, there's genes. When you, when you say in the genes, I always think in terms of personality, right? We yeah. all know different people are different. Yeah. And, you know, you can train a certain thing. But some of us, you know, are going to be more outgoing and some of us more introverted. Some of us are being more pessimistic, more optimistic. Um, and that's in your genes because that's just personality. Um, also, some of us have an easier time exercising. Mm-hmm. You know, we t- don't tend to um, be as sedentary because of our personality wants us to mm-hmm. get up and going. But even if it is, all I'm saying is it helps if you do a little something. The problem with um, what you're talking about is that 
it requires a complete lifestyle change, doesn't it? Not a short-term no. lifestyle no. change. It does require a lifestyle change. Yes, but not complete. <laughs> a small <laughs> lifestyle change. I, I would say to you that if you have any, we have anybody listening who doesn't exercise at all, and they decide I'm going to park five blocks away from my job and walk five blocks both ways, that does not qualify as a complete lifestyle change. <laughs> That's a rel- that is a relatively small change. Yeah, that is, but add, add into the equation, though, that once you've done that 10 blocks yes. there and back, you don't go home and have uh, two pies, you know, a kilo of chips and uh, some tomato sauce because you've also got to change that part of your life as well, doesn't it? Because exercise and diet, they go hand in glove, don't they? Sure, but one is better than nothing. Yeah, of course, but not no, much no, but, no, but that, of course, is important. Yeah. One is better than nothing. That's like going for, but that's like saying, okay, I'm going to go for a 10K run, and when I get home, I'm going to reward myself with a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Better than doing the run than not doing the run. Yeah. Because I would say you're still going to eat the chicken. Yes. Okay. Most people, you know, I should have done a 10K run. I didn't. I'll just have some chicken because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> still. Or if you don't have time to exercise, you change your diet a little bit. Yeah. But again, what, what the goal of the show, right, what we talk about is peak performance. For those of us who want to do better in whatever we're doing, it helps a little bit or it helps a lot to be in better physical condition. That's an investment. It's kind of like if, you know, we've spoken, I have no actual male skills. I can't do electricity. Mm -hmm. I can't do plumbing. I can't do anything. But I have good mates who do that. They invest a lot of energy and a lot of resources in having good tools. Yeah. So they have something they can depend on. Um, it's it's the same thing. So it's worth the investment. One thing I found when I uh, took that step to say, okay, well, I need to lose that weight, uh, and I started. Uh, I joined a, a walk run club. Yep. And yeah, uh, they said, look, at the end of six weeks, we will have you running five k's, and you probably won't be stopping on the run. And uh, I joined a whole bunch of other hopefuls. And yeah. uh, on the first night, you, know, you sort of had to run a telegraph pole. Yeah. Then you walked, and then you ran. And I was exhausted when yes. I got home. My legs were like jelly. And, you know, we've got an upstairs. I almost had to crawl up the stairs. <laughs> but I tell you what, at the end of the, uh, the six-week course, they did have me running uh, 5Ks. And I did change my diet. And uh, I probably haven't put any of that weight back on. But what it did make me feel, it did give me a much higher self-esteem. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think you know, I couldn't run a marathon. And I couldn't run my 5Ks very fast. Yep. But boy, did I feel good when I got home. In Absolutely. fact, I actually hate exercise. Yeah. But when you stop, you feel good. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. You, not only do you feel good, you feel relief. You have a sense of well-being. You know, because you put yourself... All of us function... And I'll, I'll come back to the whole group thing because I'm, I'm delighted you brought that up because you're, you're really sharp because that was my segue. I was going to talk about a different method. But all of us have, you know, have the experience, you know, that most of us day-to-day have a higher level of stress than we would want. And it's all consuming, but it's manageable. It's like we're always carrying an extra 20 pounds everywhere we go. So it's just exhausting, but not so exhausting we can't do it. One of the benefits of exercise, both physiologically and psychologically, if you exercise hard for a short period of time, when you stop, the thing you said, you actually feel better. There is a sense of relief. You catch your breath, you breathe out, go, ah, that's better. Suddenly you have an actual physicalization of the fact that things are better. It's easier. That's, that's refreshing. That helps people. You know, the benefit 
is the running and the stress and the five gays tremendous. Yeah. But also when you stop and you're gasping for air, at that point in time, your life is better. Sure. Your life is easier. That that helps. Second thing I was going to say, one of the things you did that also, which we really see all the time, it is so much easier to do this in groups. Yeah. Um, every, everywhere you go, no matter what, if you're doing exercise, people work out harder in groups. They enjoy it more. They're more consistent. They develop relationships. There's that socialization thing. We're seeing a lot more of that in society. I mean, there's a reason professional athlete teams, professional sporting teams, you know, they have world-class athletes, let's say. They want members of the team to be in the gym at the same time. Yeah. All those guys could do weights on their own. Sure. But they want them in the gym at the same time because we benefit from the camaraderie and the joint effort of others. So I think that's tremendous. That's a great example you gave. Yeah. And also I find that with um, with doing it with someone, it's, it almost forces you to do it. Yes. You think, yeah, because if, you, if you're doing it on your own, it's easier to say, mm, it's pouring with rain. Yeah. I'll stay home. Yeah. But if someone's going, let's do it, buddy. No, and, and when you do it, I mean, my, my, my big thing is I tend to procrastinate more than I would want to, right? So, I mean, you have a lot of things to do. So, yeah. But, and sometimes if you procrastinate too much, you add too many things to do and you end up forgetting it. But if you literally have to meet your buddy at 9 o'clock in the morning, you have to be ready by 9 o'clock, right? So you have that obligation. Also, it tends to give you, you know, your class is starting at 10. You're, we're meeting on Sunday at 1.30 makes you do all that stuff that allows you to do it. Why do you think, uh, I mean, I might be misquoting the stats here, but I think it was something like 60% of the, of the population are probably overweight. Yeah. Um, let's say either side, I might be slightly wrong. Why is that? I mean, we can all look in the mirror and we can all say, geez, looking a bit big or boy, I'm unfit. You know, I had to go up the stairs and I'm puffing. It's only one flight of stairs. Why don't we look in the mirror and say, Hey, we need to do something about well, this. What is the psychology behind that? Well, you know, the mirror has almost nothing to do with it yeah. except to reinforce the fact that you feel bad about yourself. Some people, know, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, you know, and we know this. Um, you know, we, as as beings, you know, as living beings, we are designed, you know, we have a lot of luxury now. And modern times is relatively short-based. We can think of modern times, you know, tremendous changes in the last 50 years, Tremendous changes in the last hundred years, but really and truly, a hundred years ago, life was very similar. Yeah, more similar than it was five hundred years ago. Okay, as a species, most animals, you're never sure if you're going to get enough food. So before sure. there was industrialization, before there was fast food, before high caloric food was vastly available, we had to worry. So what we were drawn to are the foods that give us the most calories. Three hundred years ago, you probably had to use. I'm making numbers up. 2,000 calories. Use 2,000 calories to get enough calories that are in a Big Mac, yep. which is 2,500 calories. Yeah. So there's investment. Now we just drive through and, you know, maybe I'll have yeah. two of them. Um, so there, there's the fact that we're poisoning ourselves by the fact of how fortunate we are. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of stuff about fast foods. It's a whole different show we can do, um, you know, about uh, the nutrients and about the preservatives. But basically, we are drawn to that. The second thing we're seeing more of lately is a lot of calories are good. But, you know, recently, people work really, really hard. There's no doubt about it. But 50 years ago or 100 years ago, if you worked really, really hard, what that meant is you were out in the fields harvesting something, mm -hmm. working with cattle, building a house, carrying yeah. stuff. And when you got home, you were exhausted and you need to sit down. Yeah. Now people work hard. But most of us work hard at a desk, at a computer. So we're me mentally fatigued. We're not physically fatigued, yeah. but we go home, we're still tired. So what do we do? We sit on our butts, we watch TV, or we open a computer and we eat some more. 
you need that balance. You know, this kind of thing we talk about. I mean, I'm not talking about that much extra exercise mm. for, you know, for people who are on their feet all day. You know, if you're if you're a nurse on the emergency ward and you're on your feet for twelve yeah. hour shifts yeah. all the time, picking you, you don't need exercise. Right. Go home. Yeah, you can put your feet up and have <laughs> put a your big feet up and relax. <laughs> That's right. But if you're working at a desk all day, there's that. The third thing, what I'm really concerned about, we always come back to this, is youth. We're seeing more and more children, okay, with higher levels of diabetes, higher levels of obesity, and levels we've never seen. And part of the problem, of course, is we're all trapped and tied and glued to different devices. Yeah. The trouble with different devices, and I know I sound like, you know, something. You do. Yeah, but but the trouble is, it isn't even that the devices are bad. The trouble is, it's called a deficit result. When you're on the device, what aren't you doing? Right? If I spend three hours on the device, I'm not out with my friends riding my bike. I'm not wrestling. I'm not playing some game. So we need to build in times where we can exercise so what you're saying is, or you might not be saying this at all, we're not lazy. No, we're misdirected. Yeah. Some of us are lazy. Yeah. But, but we're misdirected. We're focusing on things that in some things are urgent, but, you know, they aren't that important. Can that become part of your psyche, which then turns into being almost something genetic that you pass on? Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, genetic or environmental. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'll give you an example. You know, like, you know, you, me, everybody are getting older. Right. Yep. And so, but since I've been exercising, you know, hard since I was 15, to be honest, you know, I, I did the karate competitively for years and years and years and something always hurt. I swear to God, yeah. I was just laughing about this. Nowadays, when I wake up and I'm a little bit sore, I tell myself, oh yeah, it's because I'm training so hard, <laughs> whether it is or not. But, you know, genetics is a lot how you see yourself. Yeah. Do you see yourself as someone who's active than someone who isn't? But here's the thing. If you are active just a little bit, that's how you see yourself. It makes you feel better. Where did you get that from, though, that uh, sense of um, exercising? Did it come from your parents? I know, for instance, that my parents didn't encourage us at all to partake in sports. No. Uh, they didn't do that sort of thing either. Not, not us. Uh, my, ever since I was a kid, my dad bought really, really old houses, mm. and he fixed them up entirely himself. So yeah. he was always up and down ladders. He didn't think of it as exercise. My mom was fairly active. None of us exercised. I was just lucky I got involved in karate. Yeah. Um, or I got involved in sport. However, some things we know for parents out there, um, we're more likely to exercise if we had examples of exercise around us when we were kids, right? So if you're you're playing, you know, weekend basketball yeah. or weekend rugby, bring your kids, have them just sit there and watch. Yeah, we're more likely to do that if that becomes if you can encourage them to do that. There'll be periods of time where we stop, but you know, if you're 40 years old. Yeah. And you've been working and you have a family, you've never had time to exercise and you're listening to this or whatever, or you go to the doctor, it goes, you got to exercise, buddy. Yeah. You know, it's going to be easier for you if you had examples when you were a kid or if you exercise when you're a kid than if you never did. I wonder, that's, that's, that is a good point that you raised there. Um, but I wonder, here we are living in a nation which is sports mad. Yeah. You know, we, we love the All Blacks. We love the... Uh, the white ferns, we love the women's netball team. Yeah. So we, we are surrounded by achievers in exercise all the time. So why isn't that rubbing off onto Joe Blow? Well, it might be rubbing off on some of us, right? But what, what we say, it's different spectating than being in the environment, right? Watching sport on TV doesn't have any effect. But if you're three years old and you're sitting on the side of a basketball court and your parents gave you some toys, and you're just sitting there and your mom and dad are out, you know, out in the court playing recreational volleyball, that's useful. Because you're used to going there, you're used to seeing, you're used to laughing, you're used to the fun. So I'm not so much talking about spectator sport. I'm talking about being in the environment 
where people are exercising. Yeah. That's a good point. There's a difference there. Someone who, uh, let's say, is depressed compared to someone who isn't, how hard is it to get them to start thinking about doing what we're talking about? It's really hard because you're depressed. Yeah, that's right. It's the last thing you want to do. (laughs) And you don't want to do it. However, you know, I mean, this is where some education comes in hand. Uh, And by education, letting people know. I mean, for example... You know, if someone, if you have, if you have someone who has what they call major depression or endogenous depression, and that's the depression that comes from brain chemistry changing. Yeah, you could be going along fine, and the brain chemistry changes, and over a period of about three months or six weeks or sometimes two weeks, you end up feeling really terrible. Okay, if you know, okay, so what do you do? We we look for the easy answer. If you don't know what's going on. You know, you've been feeling worse and worse and worse, really feel bad. You don't want to go out. You don't want to do anything. You feel this. And then one day you wake up and you say to yourself, ah, terrible. Why do I feel like this? You say, so it must be because nobody loves me and my life is worthless. And you get into this downward spiral. You know, if you've been fortunate enough to know that you have this, and the answer is, why do I feel like this? I goes, oh, no, (sighs) my depression's back. My brain's playing a trick on me. Things are not any worse than they were two months ago. I need to get up and walk or I need to talk to somebody who, and I need to find my friend who walks with mm. me. Knowing what you have helps. It's kind of like taking medicine. Yeah. Right. You know, um, so that, that becomes a factor. But it is, there's no, there's no doubt about it. It's hard, but heck, everything we talk about the show is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Peak performance by yeah. definition means you're trying hard. <laughs> so as a, for instance, as a friend or a partner of someone who needs to do exercise yeah. for their, um, for their own benefit, how would you suggest we go about suggesting? I mean, you know, if I thought you were 20 kgs overweight, I probably am not the sort of guy who would say, geez, Evan, you're getting fat. You better do something about that, boy. <laughs> so, so, I mean, how do, you, how do you approach that sort of thing? Hey, let's, let's, go out, um, let's go to the beach. Let's go up to Cape Kidnappers and go for a walk. Yeah. Oh, I don't, oh, come on. We never see each other. Come on. So we might see each other anyway. Hang out. But instead of you coming over for coffee or we're meeting at a bar, you know, you call me up and you go, hey, it's a great day. Let's go to Cape Kidnappers. Uh, oh, come on. Let's go. By the way, we're going to walk. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you need to do that. You get there. You get out of the car. God, let's walk over there. Oh, I don't want to go. Come on. No, really, Ed. Come on. Let's go. And we walk over there. It, it shouldn't be punitive. Right? It shouldn't be. Yeah, it should be fun. You're just a fat bop. <laughs> I use that other word. No, it should be, it should be enjoyable. It's part of socialization. Uh, that's why that 5K group you joined works. Yeah, absolutely. It's a group of people. And again, you know, you can't underestimate the fact we like to exert, like to be with other people. So there's all kinds of groups around. Um, you know, one of the big groups in, in New Zealand right now um, came out of EIT a few years ago. And we've gotten a lot of publicity. It's called Patu. Um, two local boys who started it. Uh, fabulous. It's community health. Uh, exercise and people come together entire communities they bring their kids they exercise together they have a great time and it brings out that energy it's fabulous but mm. there's a lot of things like that just about out of time yep. so what would be your top three tips to someone who's been listening to this that might motivate them to, to start what we talked about today what i would do i would think about if i've never exercised before um, I would call something like Sport Hawks Bay or PGA or one of the health clubs, or I would look online. I would look for walking group. Yeah. Just go online. I would talk to somebody there, and I would go down to see what they were doing. I would join that. If I used to exercise and I don't anymore, I'd find out where people are doing what I used to do, and I would do that. I would not, third, I would not set my goals too high. I'm just going to do a little something. Yeah, absolutely right. 
Good on you, Edmund. As always, my pleasure. You look after yourself, and we'll talk to you same time, same place next time. Thanks a lot. Take care. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.